good morning, IBC family. Um, turns out they, uh, they let me come back up again. But this time, but this time they said, Corey, you don't get to preach the sermon. And I said, okay, that's all right. <laughs> no, this morning we... Uh, uh, Excuse me. Let me start over. This morning, uh, we get to report on the Lead the Cause trip that the students took to Denver this summer. And uh, that happened uh, actually at the end of June uh, to the first week of July there. And uh, we have tried to put this report together. And with all the traveling and everything that's gone on, this was the day that the Lord had planned for it. And so we're super excited to bring this. Um, what I, what I want to give you is just a general overview of what happened on that trip, what that trip was. And if you, if you don't remember, or this is the first time you've heard of it, uh, Lead the Cause is a week-long um, program designed to inspire, encourage, and equip students on how to share their faith with a friend. Um, it, is, it is put on by a, a, a company called Dare to Share, Dare to Share has been around for years. Um, I was very well acquainted with them in my time in Missouri, and when I came up here, brought, got to bring some of their material up with us. And we've been participating with events with Dare to Share since I've been here, and, and we love what the ministry is doing. And, uh, and so we took, uh, we took our first Lead the Cause last year. Many of you will remember that. And then this year was our second trip. And uh, this year, uh, we, we grew the team. We brought about the same number of students. We, you'll see five, six students who went, but I also brought the same amount of leaders. And the reason why I wanted to do that was because the trip was so impactful, uh, not just for students, but for adults, that I really wanted to start getting uh, a broad, just a broader experience base of those who have who've gone on this trip. And so you're going to get to hear from them this morning about that. And uh, it's a five-day thing. We arrived there the first day, get settled in, and then this, the, the rest of the days are planned out. And the way they play that, play that out, plan that out is the first day is pray day. All right? And so the students will spend the whole morning. And, and when I say, like, this is not, don't, don't think summer camp experience. This is not a summer camp experience. This is one of the most intense conferences I've ever been a part of. Uh, it is very heavy. Uh, there is, there's not a lot of, there's no game playing. Uh, it is not what you expect to see at a student conference. This is most definitely a conference though, not camp. And so the students will come in in the morning and they, they will spend the morning in session talking about prayer. What's the, what's the biblical basis for prayer? How does scripture teach us to pray? And then, uh, after lunch, we will go out and we will then pray. And we will pray for a couple hours. Uh, if not more, and then we will learn how do we, how do we pray with people? How do we how do we build a prayer life? What do we pray for? The second day is built on this idea of caring. So first day pray, second day care, and that idea is well, how do we serve people? How do we serve one another? What's the biblical basis for serving and caring for people? Um, and then after that morning's done, eat lunch, we go out into the community and we go and serve the community and uh, do a trip out there get to pray with people, get to share with people. Um, and then the third day is share day. And on share day, uh, the emphasis, of course, the whole week has been on how to share your faith with someone. And so on share day, they spend the morning once again, uh, being prepared for that, uh, being equipped for that. And then they are challenged uh, that afternoon to go share their faith with three uh, people they find on the street. Now, uh, what I want to make clear is this is not a street evangelism conference. Uh, but what they do do, what they do use is uh, street evangelism to help teach kids, well, how, how do I put my faith into words? 
How do I explain the gospel in a clear and concise manner? And the goal is that students would come back and that their motto is that every student would share the gospel. Well, every, every, every student would hear the gospel from a friend. All right, and that's certainly part of our mission statement as well. So that, that is essentially, well, no, there's fifth day, sorry. Fifth day. Fifth day is then the students take the time, take the day to say, okay, how do we take what we learned here, plan, and bring it back to PA? And how do we incorporate this into the youth group, into our, into our lives, etc.? All right? And so that's, that's essentially what the week, and that's what you're going to hear from these students. You're going to hear what God did on this trip, and you're going to hear how the trip impacted the students. And I hope uh, you are also inspired about what the Lord is doing as well. So with that being said, up first we have Jack and Jake. They're going to come and share with you. school if you do or don't know there was a mass shooting there which moved our country spiritually politically and any way possible 20 years ago I want to say plus it was such an impactful thing we got there and we were going to go pray in the school and we were divided into groups there was this one group here this other group and we were going to go into the school and as we were trying to they said no we can't let you guys in we just can't let you guys come in and pray. And it was like, all right. So we moved out to the parking lot and we prayed for 30 plus minutes there just for the school there, our school, you know, our friends, this upcoming school year, what we can do. We just prayed and it was a very impactful thing, you know, and it's just something that, you know, don't think that prayer could move, but it just does. Prayer makes a big difference, whether it's you know, a small, short one saying, God, help me, I need help, or, hey, God, can you help my friend? Or if it's a long prayer, it doesn't matter, but it could help. It helps. And so we were able to pray there for a good 30 minutes and then went on to this other thing and, you know, learned how, how we could pray for other people and what's, you know, best way of doing that. And it was just such a moving thing being there, even though we weren't allowed to go in the school we were still able to pray for the school. We were still able, able to pray for pretty much everything that we could. And we went to the um, memorial afterwards, and that was just such a moving thing. It just like, just, I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. This is my second year, so I kind of was like, all right, you know, I know what it's going to be like. But it just, it took a whole different turning for me. I was just speechless. I didn't really know what to say. I was just in shock. It just hit hard this year because I was, it was my first year of high school that I had going through a normal year, my junior year, and just experiencing all the hardness that we had going through it. And it was just like going to see that memorial and seeing these students. It's just like, I, I never have gone through anything like that. I could never even imagine what's that like. And it could happen. You know, it could happen this year at Port Angeles High School. It could happen at another school. It happened earlier this summer or earlier last school year, you know. It could happen. And it's just one of those things, you know. And it was just, 
it just really brought onto me that I need to pray for my school a whole lot more. And it's even helped me this summer, you know, with just prayer. My brother going off into the Marines, praying for him. He's been doing well. A friend of mine, you know, he got uh, diagnosed with cancer. You know, I've been praying for him, and I saw him last night, and he was doing well. You know, it's just prayer can move mountains, whether it's a short one or a small one. And I want to challenge you guys this week. Try to pray every day. It doesn't matter if it's a short one. It doesn't matter if it's a long one. Try to pray because it can impact you in such a powerful way that you can't even like describe. It's indescribable of what God can do with prayer. So I just want you guys to just do that this week. So as Jack has already told you guys, prayer day at Columbine Memorial was a time of great reflection and prayer where we got to really take a deep look at God, ourselves, and the world, and we really just got to take it to the Lord earnestly. This was my second time going on this trip, just like Jack, but being at the site of one of our nation's greatest tragedies, Columbine High School shooting, was just as sobering and impactful as it was the first time. Personally, this time I was drawn to the fountain. It was off to the side, just water flowing into this pool. Um, near the memorial, and I just sat and I took time to pray. And it was during this time that I imagined the fountain is something deeper and more profound. So I decided to journal about it while I was there, and I wrote a poem which I'd like to share with you guys today of the fountain. These are the tears of all those who suffered, of all the victims' peers, of all the parents who heard on that fateful day that their children had died. These are the tears of those who cried, of every last neighbor, family member, and friend who cannot believe that for some of their closest, this was the end. These two are the tears of our great nation, of the broadcaster on the radio station. Yet in this time of pain so great, still yet our God is greater. For where grief was widespread, his love stretched further. When anger flamed, his comfort came. For Christ even bore this grief to Calvary, where he put to death all pain forever. And though we cannot always see through our watery eyes, Christ has emerged as our hope to turn our mourning into dancing. Now I share this as not only a personal experience, but to capture the meaning of prayer day on our trip. It was during this time we were able to really prepare ourselves with the Lord for the importance of the days to come, to sit down and meditate on the Lord and the purpose he called us to. The sight of Columbine reminded us of the brokenness of the world while also reminding us of our hope in Jesus which spiritually prepared us to engage others with the gospel and the love of Christ in the days that followed. Thank you. Uh, My name's Aiden. I'm Hallie. And we're talking about Care Day. So what we did with Care Day is we went out into the communities of Denver and and put on block parties. So we did... Uh, three-point basketball, cornhole, frisbee, soccer, and we just got to love on the kids and make them really happy. This really impacted me because it meant so much to the people that we served because you could see that they were broken, but just having them make like a three-point shot and see the joy and excitement that came out of that made me really happy, and I want to bring that back to Port Angeles. Um. Everything about LTC was impacted. Like, there's so many moments I could talk about. I could literally talk about it for hours. But Care Day was definitely one of my favorite days. Um, 
I just love learning about how, you know, as we're trying to share the gospel and this truth that we have, how if we really just show love to others, it really does impact them. And something that happened to me um, on that day is I had been helping with some of the games, and there's just two little boys named Tristan and Timmy that I met, and they were adorable. And later, it was, they're probably like six and eight, and they're brothers. And later in the day, I had gone to go play Frisbee with them. And, you know, I just passed it back and forth with them. Like, didn't, you know, it was, it was fun. They were really cute. And they were, Tr- Timmy caught it pretty soon on. I caught it. But Tristan, he couldn't catch it. And he kept trying and trying. I kept throwing it to him. And he was kind of getting disappointed in himself. He was, you know, a little, I could tell he was getting insecure. But, you know, we kept playing. And it was kind of where everyone started to pack up the carnival that we were doing for them. And I kept throwing it. And he finally caught it. And he was so excited. And he gave me this hug. And it was so sweet. And I didn't, you know, then we left, and I didn't really think that much of it. I mean, I just threw Frisbee with him for, like, 20 minutes. But then my mom had been talking to their dad, and she told me that their mom had just gotten thrown in jail, and he had been being bullied in school for not being as athletic, and his brother was super good at it, so it was, like, something that made him insecure. And obviously, it wasn't me that, you know, had that did it. It was God that gave me the desire to go up to them and play with them. But this moment changed my perspective on caring. And I used to think that, you know, to really impact God's kingdom, to really show someone his love, it has to be this amazingly huge thing that takes so much time and effort and money because God did this amazing, huge thing for us. And I would get caught up on that of thinking of all the big things that I can do to impact, you know, God's children And I just didn't do the little things. I didn't care for the people that were right in front of me. And I kind of realized that, you know, there is moments in time you're going to do big things for his kingdom. But also we get the opportunity every single day to share God's love to others if it's just something us throwing a Frisbee around for 20 minutes. And that was just super impactful for me. And it made me come back and look at my week and look at the moments, you know, where I can be showing God's love, even if it just takes a couple minutes. And even though it is going to be hard, it's going to be uncomfortable. But as I show them his love, I can then get to conversations about the truth of who he is. And so I challenge you guys to look at your week and all the moments where, you know, maybe you just ignore that person who needs help. But just I challenge you to go out there, to love people, to show them how much God loves them, and you'll see it's impactful, and it also is going to give you the conversations where you can share about God. Uh, hi, I'm Isaac, and uh, we're going to be talking about Share Day, and Share Day was like kind of what they were bringing us all week to training us to go out and share with other people. Um, All the other days, it was that day we would train for it. But for Share Day, every single day before it, they were training us and equipping us to go out and share with other people. Um, And so... All 500 of us kids from Lead the Cause went out to Denver, Colorado, and we went out and shared with just any person on the street. Um, And so Jacob and I uh, paired up, and we went out with the intention to share the gospel. And God led us to two people in particular. One person 
the first person we talked to was very grateful, and we, when we showed up to him, he was struggling setting up a tent, and so we helped him set up his tent, and, um, and we talked with him for a while about um, his spirituality and um, just totally encouraged him, and it was a fulfilling moment for not only us, but also we saw the seed in him. Um, and the second person we sh- um, came up to was very hesitant to the gospel and wasn't, wasn't very um, hearing of it. And so we you can see when we go out into, into the world and talk to people that we will sometimes see that seed and sometimes we won't. And no matter what, we have to f- know that God's will will be done and that seed will be planted. And so we definitely saw that as we went out that day. And um, one thing that I really took from Lead the Cause was that um, God calls us all to share the gospel with others. And just like God sent Jesus, he sends us to go and make disciples in his name. And so I challenge you all that when God puts that person in front of you, that you will just share with them. And so... um, the very first person we talked to, he uh, wanted us to take a video of him, and so here's that video. Hello, everyone. My name is Alan Gallagher. I'd like to thank Dare to Share Conference for bringing Isaac and Jacob out here from Washington. You know, it, um, you know, they say God may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. I was having trouble setting up this tent and Isaac and Jacob appeared out of nowhere and asked me if I needed some help. So I just want to say thank you guys for the conference. Isaac and Jacob, thank you all. You know, just now when I was speaking, I was reminded of a Bible verse. I believe the address for it is Hebrews 13.1. It says, let us not forget to entertain strangers. For some have entertained angels without even knowing it. Man, I thank you guys. Thank you with the bus fare. And most importantly, thank you for helping me get this tent set up. God bless. And once again, my name is Alan Gallagher. And if everyone could keep me in prayer, that would be awesome. Thank you. Hello, my name is Addie, and what most impacted me about Share Day was just the stories, just being able to hear everyone else's point of view, whether that's religion or just day-to-day things, like just, just talking about life. And during the trip, God really motivated me to share with others the joy of the Lord. God showed me how broken the world is and how much people need the love and protection from Jesus. I challenge you to just talk to someone. 
Just listen to, some, to someone's story. Maybe God will lead you to have a gospel conversation, or maybe you just need to love on them. Just showing love and kindness to a neighbor can plant seeds, so I encourage you to just talk to someone and listen to what they have to say. Up next, we have the leaders who are so scared they can't decide who goes first. <laughs> All right? <laughs> but I wanted you to hear from both the students and the leaders' perspective about how they were challenged. So, we can start with X. All right. It's <laughs> over with. Um, so, my name is Bethany, and um, I, I didn't really prepare because, honestly, like, since leaving the conference, this is just, it's just been stewing. Um, like, all the revelation that I got on that trip and the things that God, like, where he really convicted me and what he really put in my heart to kind of go forward with. And um, there was just so many stories from the speakers um, there was three guys in particular who kind of ran the conference and shared just all these stories from their life and um, how they came to know the Lord and how um, how gospel sharing conversations, you know, like throughout their life, whether that led them to the Lord or whether they led other people. It was just so encouraging and they they have just made this a lifestyle, you know, um, something we talk a lot about with the mean youth leaders as we're like, we got to get the kids out there and sharing the word. And then you're like, well, I haven't shared the word in a while. So like, yeah, I've got to work on that. And that was for me, the big conviction. I was just like, you know, if I, if I die tomorrow, I don't want to stand before God. And it's like, what were you doing? What, you know, like I just, I want to be able to stand before him and know that I, I ran the race and ran it well and that I took very seriously this commission that he's given us that, you know, we talked a lot about how these people are walking out here and it's like, it's the walking dead, you know, they're, they're dead. They don't have life in Christ. And, you know, if you've ever heard that term about the, like, if you had the cure for cancer, would you hoard it? Or would you tell everybody so that they could cure it? And it's like, we have the life-giving cure. And to not share it is just to hoard that truth. And don't assume that somebody else is going to get to it. Like, you have it, so you should share it. Um, that was my big conviction. And... um one really cool thing that happened for me was, wait, what's our time? 11? Do I have time? Okay. Um, so I, when we, yeah, lots of cool things throughout the week, but when we got on the plane to go back, um, I sat next to this guy and his name was Drew. And, you know, 
when you go through this conference, it's kind of like in your head, you're like, you're, you're starting to look. You're like, where's the gospel conversation? <laughs> you know, um, you're just like, it's like more in the front of your head. And so, you know, I was kind of thinking that way, like, oh, I wonder, I wonder who I'll sit by on the plane and like, can I have a gospel conversation? And, but you're, you know, you're still a little timid about it. And, um, Drew sat down and you could already tell he was a talker. He wanted to talk, and that's fine. Um, but he just like unloaded. Like he started asking me questions where I'm from, and da 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 da. And so I got to be like, "Well, I'm on this trip, you know, and this is what we're doing." And and that opened up to all this stuff about, you know, well, I was raised in a church, but me and my brothers and sisters, we all left that because, you know, it was this, and there's all these problems. And he just told me all these things, and. Um, and it was about, it was a two plus hour flight. And I talked to him the entire time, found out he grew up Mormon, um, just found out like, you know, just some of the stuff that had gone it gone on in his household growing up. And I got to be like, well, that's not the same as Christian. And like, let me tell you who Jesus actually is. Like, let me, let me, let me sort those discrepancies for you. And, um, it just was like this super rich, like encouraging, just good conversation. And, and he was open to it. Um, it's like, like he was ready to hear. And another thing like that really impacted me, something I'm not good at is, is in the moment when I'm having those conversations or when I'm like, I want to share the gospel. I'm really bad at being like, okay, Holy spirit, like do the work, you know, like I'm, you're, you're very much like, this is all on me. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And, um, so I kept praying that as we were talking, just like, you know, lead me to speak when to speak and to be silent, when to be silent, when to listen. And, um, yeah, I just got to like really encourage him and I, and I challenged him because he was, he was so friendly that I felt like I could and like kind of felt like we became friends and I was like, well, I'm going to challenge you, Drew. And he was like, okay. And I said, I want you to go home and I want you to pray. And I was like, and you can't pray to just anybody or anything. Like you have to pray to Jesus, like this one, the one that I'm talking about. And you challenge him and say, if you're real and what that girl on the plane said is real, then show me. And he was like, okay. And I got his Instagram and I was like, cause I want to see on your Instagram posts when you tell me you gave your life to Christ. And he's like laughing he's like, okay. And I mean, I don't know where that goes, but it's like, it's like what the boys were saying, you know, like these are seeds planted, like it, it's not all on our shoulders. Like we have an amazing God who waters these things, who really works in the heart. Like our job is to plant those seeds and to keep like loving people and to show them like what the goodness of God is through our lives, through how we act, through how we love them. And so um, those were my big takeaways, just conviction. And I would wager there's a lot of people in this room who are in the same boat where you're like, I'm not really sharing the gospel. I'm just living life year after year. And and it's all good and great to be like, Jesus is good. Oh, he loves me. Oh, yeah, I feel so loved. But there's a lot of people that don't have that, don't even know it, um, or have been told wrong 
about who he is. And we have the knowledge and the words to correct that and to tell them truth, life-giving truth. So that's that's our message for you today. <laughs> and now we're going to end in prayer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I am Molly, and um, I hate speaking in front of people, so um, if I'm shaking, that's why. Um, So I found two things. uh, Well, one thing at the conference that really stuck out for me um, was the leaders all met every day, and we had to plan out what we want our youth group to look like and what our goal is and what our mission is and how we're going to reach all these students by using students. And we did that all week long. And the really cool part about that is on the last day, they challenged the kids, the youth, to create a program for their own youth group. And God just worked in such an incredible way that their plan matched ours to the T. Same numbers, same plan, same timing, same all of it. And so um, to see God bring something together, because this is what the, the conference is about. It's about kids sharing with their peers and their friends to reach the city and the school that you are at. Um, the second thing I... Um, got today when I was doing my quiet time, which is not so quiet because I always have music playing, but um, it is a song um, that's called Called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters, and um, the beginning of the song is that it's very much like I could sit, I could sit and wait, I could hope to feel your presence, um, hope to feel something, hope to hold on to what I have. Um, I could never let you change me. I could be safe in this safe place. And, um, and then it says, but God called us higher. And he doesn't just call the youth higher. He calls all of us higher. And, um, and the verse that that is out of um, is Galatians 6, 9. And it says, don't grow weary in what you're doing due to the season. And so... Um, and then in Mark sixteen fifteen, it says, uh, go to all the world and proclaim the gospel. And um, I guess to feed off of Bethany and all the kids' challenges is that um, we could just sit here. We could go to church, leave, and I think that we got our Sunday um, fill. Um, but God calls you higher and he, like I said, doesn't just call the youth higher. This happened to be a youth trip, but he also had the adults go out and share, and we had to lead by example, and the, the speakers led by example. And so I would just challenge you to um, rise up to that calling and go out and share with all the world. And the world doesn't just mean we need to go on this big mission trip over to um, all the great places that we're at, but it's also to the peer where people are struggling or even in your work or school or the person sitting next to you at church. So. So my name is Emily and um, I felt like the question that was laid on my heart going down to Denver was how do I consider all these people that I've never met to be my family? And then how do I come back and look at 
my church family as my own family because I think it's so easy to develop your own your own little groups where you rest in those circles and um, you focus on building relationship in those areas, but it's hard to branch out sometimes. And while we were down there, um, I just really started thinking about the idea of forgiveness, how when you're in this family, I knew that when I came back to my church, if I ended up doing something wrong, I would have a door wide open for people to forgive me. And I have the forgiveness of Jesus already. And it was this concept of, in speaking to people on the street, them knowing that the people they might have in their life wouldn't forgive them, and they no longer had forgiveness for themselves. And that's such a huge part of family. And trusting that you have the love of Jesus already. And I think that what I wanted to take home was it's not fair for me to hold on to the forgiveness I have without sharing it with everybody I know. It's not fair to keep something so vast and so great to myself because it's not just for me. And um, I felt so blessed being able to go down there with this particular group of people because I knew that that was the thought process of everyone here, that they were already solid in their faith, that they already loved each other, that we are family. And I look out and see the congregation, and I see family. And I'm so thankful for that. And I think the question and the challenge that I just leave with myself and with everyone else is, how do we branch out and take ourselves out of our areas of comfort and choose to honor God in allowing people to know about that same forgiveness that you already trust that you have and in loving them well. Uh, My name's Amber, and this is my second time on this trip, so I went last year. And um, it it was a very different experience than the year before. And I think even though we did all the same things. But I think it was just God revealing something to me about myself and about and about people in general. Um, I really came away feeling kind of discouraged and convicted <laughs> um, because I went through this last year, and I was so excited. I had... Um, I had talked to this lady uh, named Beatrice, and she had just um, opened my eyes to the plight of the immigrant, the people who've been displaced, who don't know the language, who are struggling to find services and, and a place to call home, and and I just felt really motivated to help people like that. Um, I also uh, came away with a desire to share, and I was sure that I was going to do it. You know, I was going to go into places where I knew there were non-believers, and I was going to invest in those relationships. And and then um, June rolled around, and I hadn't talked to a single person about the gospel. Not somebody in my homeschool co-op, not somebody in the grocery store, not somebody on a plane, <laughs> nothing. I also hadn't done reached out in any way to anybody who was an immigrant or struggling in that way. And so I was just, I was like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> like, 
Like, why did I go through this experience if I wasn't going to bring anything back? And then, um, so, I guess, like, part of the thing is that we get so wrapped up in our day-to-day, right? You're late for baseball practice. You're you got to get dinner in the oven, so you're rushing through the grocery store. You need to get to work, and so you ignore that person on the corner. You, um, you've you been bombarded by requests from your children all day long, and you can't take another conversation. <laughs> I get it, right? Like, that's real life. But... Um, but we're called to something more than that. And I think it's really cool that like everybody here has already <laughs> kind of said the thing that I was thinking, you know, that, that those things can wait. The game's going to go on without you. The dinner's going to get done. Nobody's going to starve. Um, you know, nobody in your house anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, your kids are only going to be demanding for a little while and they're going to become independent. And so I was just challenged with being more intentional with my life, with every moment, with, with when I go into the grocery store, praying as I walk through the door, God, who do you want me to talk to? And it might not be that I need to have a full-blown gospel conversation where I go from the beginning to the end and, and they accept Christ. It might just be that I'm willing to listen to somebody who's struggling. Um, it might be that Somebody just needs you to ask them how they're doing and really mean it and want to hear what they have to say. Um, There's there's just so many hurting people and so many people who need the people who need us who have the hope of Christ. Right? Um, When I was thinking about what I was going to say, this uh, the scripture passage Romans ten thirteen through seventeen was what God gave me, and it says. It says, how can they believe in whom they have not heard of? And how can they hear if no one tells them, right? If, and, how can they, and how can someone tell them if they're not sent? And how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? And, um, and the thing is, is we are sent. I mean, Matthew 28, right? We are sent the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them what I've commanded you, and baptizing the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the thing that I, you know, the end of that verse is, I will be with you always. And so um, that was the thing that really stood out to me, I think, from the conference was just that reminder that, like, we have the Holy Spirit. Like, it's not on us to say the right thing. And that's the thing. You can make all these excuses. You can say, oh, well, I'm not a good conversationalist, or um, I don't have all the answers, or, um, you know, I'm, somebody else will do a better job than me. And that's a lie. <laughs> it's kind of stupid, actually. <laughs> and I know because I've made those excuses myself. Because God uses all of us, you know, and he uses you right where you're at, at your job, at your, you know, at your, on your baseball team, on your, in your homeschool co-ops, in your grocery store, wherever. He's going to use you where you're at if you're willing to be used. And, and I think that's the thing is just being open to the leading of the Holy Spirit asking him for guidance, and submitting every minute of your day to him. It's not about you, because it's all about Jesus. And so, if we are to, if we are sent, and the people need to hear because someone needs to preach, then you need to preach. Thanks, Amber. 
Hi, my name's Rachel Seedorf. And um, as you heard, we had an incredible week where we were worshiped together. We learned about, uh, like Corey said, how to pray for people, how to share. We got to go out and we prayed for the lost. We prayed for our cities, our high school, our schools. We um, were able to care for um, families in a low-income community. We were able to go share the gospel to people God brought in our path and also people we called and we sent letters to. And really, it was a week of living like we were made for. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Um, so the week at LTC, the real impact for me is was actually a reminder of the treasure and responsibility that we carry. You know, God is... God's love has changed my life, but it also is available and valuable for every single person everywhere. You know, I got to see, and I love, this is my, one of my favorite parts, was seeing the students and my own daughter experience that they had this treasure of great worth, and they got to go share it. Um, since coming back from LTC, I've been really thinking about why, kind of what Amber was even saying, why, what are some of the reasons why we don't share with everyone and every relationship. And I was thinking about um, that we don't really live like that man uh, in the parable in the Bible where he sold everything he had. He gave everything he had to buy that field that he found the treasure in. And I was thinking there's, you know, for me personally, there's probably two reasons. I'm sure there's more, but I think there's two reasons why I don't maybe share with everyone, and maybe this resonates with you, is I don't always actually every day fully know or receive the treasure that I have in God's love. I don't experience it every day. I don't receive that every day. And I also don't always believe that it's valuable for every person that I meet. And the thing that really hit me was that there's people, and we came across a lot of them, that are walking around us. There's family members and relationships of people that have no idea that they have this treasure that's available to them. And what breaks my heart for myself and for many of us believers is that we live our lives like we haven't found that treasure. Uh, John, First um, John five eleven through twelve says, and our testimony is this: that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who did, who he who does not have the Son does not have life. And my challenge for myself and for all of you, are we willing to give everything we have for this great treasure, and will we share it? Thank you. Well, thanks, guys, for sharing. You know, it was a a few things come to mind as I think about the trip. Um. One is that, as you heard, there was, a, there was roughly 500 students and leaders there attending this trip. And uh, in that week, they, they, they try to keep track of what's God doing, what's happening. And uh, with just those people that week, there were over 2,000 conversations where the gospel was shared uh, that week. And in that, 70 people had made a profession of faith in Christ. And yeah, it's, you can celebrate that. <laughs> Um, 
even some of those, we had students sharing with their friends, with their friends back home over the phone who accepted Christ. And, uh, and so, anyway, cool stuff happening. But it, it, it always thought, it, the, the thought always came to my mind. Like, there's 300 of us here this morning. What is, what is 300 people who are uh, excited about what the Lord has done in their life, know the treasure they have, do in a community such as PA, not over a course of a week, but over the course of our lifetime here? What, a, what an opportunity. And, and we can look out, and we, I think we'd all agree, we need the Lord to show up here in Port Angeles. And what I love is that the Lord has filled each and every one of you with the Holy Spirit to go out and be that, to be good news. So I um, wanted to leave you with one more thing, one more thought. I, I, <laughs> I met this guy on a trip a year ago. Random, random trip, random guy. Turns out he lives in Portland. I've got to see him since then. Uh, uh, incredible evangelist, very gifted. God has definitely gifted him in evangelism. But he told me this. He said, Corey, evangelism, this is how I define evangelism. He said, evangelism is uh, Holy Spirit-led truth-telling. Holy Spirit-led truth-telling. That is, as the Holy Spirit leads you into different conversations, maybe it's relatives, maybe it's friends, maybe it's the stranger on the street, and you, get to, and you start hearing the brokenness, you start hearing the problems, then you get to say, listen, this is the truth. This is how the Lord has impacted my life, and this is what he's done for me. Can I share that with you? And so I, don't, I want to leave you with that too. So with that, I want to pray. We're going to sing one last song. We're still getting out a little early. Guys, I, got, I thought for sure we were going to go over today again, but nope. <laughs> Let's thank the Lord for that. Uh, Father God, Lord, wow. It's true, you've given us such a treasure, Lord. Even as I think about Psalms 27 last week, Lord, that our desires to dwell in your house forever, gazing upon your beauty. Lord, that is the, the wonderful works you've done in and through our lives, through creation. Lord, and we know that there are people who still need to hear and believe that truth. Lord, people who are captive to sin and darkness. And so, Lord, we pray that you would uh, reveal yourself, Lord, that you would soften the hearts of our community for your glory. Lord, that you would uh, shine through us. Lord, that you would give us the courage and the words to speak when appropriate. Lord, that you would lead us into caring for our friends and our community in a way that leads people to you. And Lord, that when those opportunities arise, Lord, that we would share boldly. So Lord, we give you thanks for this morning. We give you thanks for these students who are able to go on this trip. Lord, for what you're going to do in and through them. Lord, would you continue just to lead them? that they would be strong witnesses for you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.